0: Hello and welcome to the AMA Update video and podcast. Today we're talking about the latest developments in gastroenterology, including some issues with prior authorization. I'm joined today by Dr. Jennifer Christie, President of the American Society of Gastrointestinal Endoscopy and Division Director of Gastroenterology and Hepatology at the University of Colorado starting in September. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Dr. Christie, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Todd. It is great to be here.
0: Well, your specialty is leading the way in what is known as endosurgery. And for those who may be less familiar with it, let's just start by explaining a little bit about what endosurgery is and how it's being uh, used most commonly at this point.
1: Yeah, so gastroenterology and gastrointestinal endoscopy has evolved rapidly over the last 10 years or so. More and more, uh, there are interventions such as endoscopic mucosal resection, endoscopic submucosal dissection, and other interventions are used to drain the gallbladder, drain the pancreas for cysts um, under endoscopic approaches. Um, And this new field actually bridges the gap between traditional endoscopy and surgery. And this is what we're now uh, referring to when we say endoluminal surgery.
0: So this technology is offering alternatives to some of the conventional surgical approaches. What are the biggest benefits that you're seeing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the endoscopic uh, approaches really benefit patients mostly. Um, in that it improves the patient experience, it's less invasive, it can reduce some of the, the illness and the length of stay in the hospital when these approaches are used. And also oftentimes the outcomes are, are equal and sometimes even better in these patients.
0: And also uh, benefits to what might be considered high-risk patients?
1: Yes, so there are some patients who would otherwise not be appropriate for surgical procedures to treat um, many GI disorders, such as patients that are uh, suffer with um, over being overweight. And endoscopy oftentimes gives patients options that are safer uh, because these patients are high risk. They may have heart disease, they may have diabetes, which makes uh, surgery more risky in these patients. So oftentimes, approaching their um, illness or their disorder from an endoscopic point of view minimizes some of that risk and still um, leads to good
0: outcomes. Well, when you think about benefits like that, uh, a lot of folks are considering minimally invasive procedures like endosurgery. The future of healthcare. What do you see on the horizon in terms of innovations in this area? And are these developments mainly coming from surgeons?
1: So these innovations, side, it's it's really remarkable in that they're coming from all angles. So they're benefiting both surgeons as well as endoscopists. Um, So in terms of surgical approaches, so you have laparoscopic and robotic pancreatectomy, meaning taking out the pancreas, and minimally invasive esophagectomy, removing the the esophagus for various disorders, swallowing disorders, or even cancer. Um, These innovations are developing on the surgical side. And then there's collaborative interventions that surgeons and gastroenterologists do together to treat disorders such as gastroesophageal reflux disease, which is is very common um, in our community. But also um, from a collaborative point of view, and this is the beauty of this whole thing—that um, both endoscopists and surgeons—we do procedures for for weight loss and re- weight reduction that that um, really um, help to explore our collaborative paradigms. And then also, there's multidisciplinary approaches to to treat pancreas, pancreas disorders like cysts and and infected masses that we can drain or we can um, burn tumors that, again, minimize some of the morbidity or the illness and the length of stay that these patients often experience.
0: You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization leading the charge on Medicare payment reform, supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. Do you see broader applications for innovations beyond uh, GI? And if so, what do you want physicians across all specialties to know?
1: Yeah, so these, these applications really extend in many, um, I guess, facets of what we do as healthcare providers. And the basic principles of this is um, really device development and evolution of, of simple procedures um, and minimally invasive interventions across the, the, the spec, uh, specialties and this involves a real collaboration with um, our industry partners uh, with engineers, with um, you know uh, industrial engineers and uh, many many different uh, facets of, of what we do. Um, and then the other important thing is that, we have to have the science and the methodology to make sure that uh, what we do is valued and that we act, we get the appropriate reimbursement for the innovation and the time that that we take to, to treat many of these disorders. So working with um, reimbursement is, is really important from the facility side and the physician side.
0: Absolutely. Um, I want to turn our attention to something specific. Uh, and that's the issue about prior authorization because recently there was an announcement from United Healthcare that said they would require prior authorizations for certain endoscopies and diagnostic and surveillance colonoscopies. And after some pushback, that was changed to, quote, advance notification. So I want to talk a little bit about this new requirement and how barriers like this from insurance companies are impacting patient care. From your perspective,
1: absolutely, Todd. And this is the, you know this has been a real concern in in the gastroenterology community. Um, you know, we we believe that while uh, you know the the reason behind this is to cut costs uh, and maybe reduce unnecessary procedures the the program was really misinformed and and misguided um you know and and as you mentioned we're really concerned that because of the administrative burden that's going to be involved with um with producing some of this advanced notification paperwork it's going to it's going to place a burden on our administrative colleagues and certainly will lead to delays in um, important procedures that our patients rely on to um, to to achieve the diagnosis and then the care that they that they need. Um, and then you know a lot of offices they you know just don't have the administrative support to do that. And and that's for everybody, but certainly in underserved communities. And 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 a personal concern of mine is that it's going to create larger inequities in in terms of how we deliver care and when we deliver care and who we deliver care to.
0: Talk a little bit more about these requirements on advanced notification and that burden
1: yeah so um, you know the, the, the United Healthcare said that they will not deny care to a patient however they do um, require, Um, hospital notes, they require a a lot of data collection, which our our biggest concern is that eventually they will deny care to to certain patients. Um, And I think it's important for us to understand um, that what is the the data behind even requiring this, right? Uh, They mentioned the use of this gold card program in which some providers who they deem to, to um, appropriately uh, uh, perform some of these procedures or schedule some of these procedures won't have to do this, right? And so our question is, well, how, how will that data be analyzed? How will it be um, interpreted? And then what does that mean for all of us that are trying to do the best for our patients? Um, it just, it, it really... Impedes on our autonomy and our ability to develop that trust from our patients and to deliver the care that, that they require in a timely fashion.
0: Now, there's been a lot in the news recently about incidents of colon cancer rising, especially among younger patients where we've not been seeing that before. And it sounds like prior authorizations and pharmacy benefit managers they could restrict patient access to lower volume preps for colonoscopies. It's talk about that as a concern
1: yeah so um, that you're absolutely right you know we are seeing a rise in colon cancer in patients uh, in young patients so some patients that are younger than even younger than age 45 um, and particularly in our um, underrepresented uh, minority communities um, and so restricting these access and particularly also to, to the preps, right? That's important. So is when we do colonoscopies, patients have to be uh, prepared or they have to purge and clean out prior to the, the, the procedure. Um, and, and oftentimes patients uh, would elect to choose a lower volume prep. And, and oftentimes it's not being covered by some insurance companies. And so therefore patients may either decide not to have their procedure or may delay their procedure. Um, and we're, you know, we really, I think it's, a, it's important that, um, that these. PB, you know, P PBMs or, uh, pharmacy benefit managers approve those low volume preps, um, at no cost to the patients so, so that we can make sure these patients get in there and they get their procedures done. And, and if they have a polyp, which is a precancerous lesion, uh, we can remove it and prevent the development of colon cancer.
0: Dr. Christie, you, uh, you know that prior authorization is a big part of what is the AMA's recovery plan for America's physicians, and as part of that, the AMA has set up a website where physicians can share their prior authorization stories, and there are a lot of them uh, and a lot of data that shows how that can inhibit uh, the right kind of uh, patient care. So I urge everyone out there to visit. FixPriorAuth.org, and we'll include a link in the description of this episode so you can learn more about the AMA's work and share your prior authorization stories. Again, uh, to learn more about all of the AMA's recovery plan for America's physicians, you can visit ama-assn.org recovery. And Dr. Christie, thank you so much. Uh, So much interesting in the world of developments. And again, uh, to elaborate on the challenges that you're facing uh, on prior auth. That's it for today's AMA update. We'll be back with another segment soon. In the meantime, you can find all our videos and podcasts at ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thanks for joining us today. Please take care.